0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The news uh, today that the UK and Ireland look set to be named as the hosts for Euro 2028. Turkey have withdrawn from the process. Uh, with me to discuss Lisa Fallon, a UEFA pro licensed football coach currently working with FIFA in their high performance department. And off the balls, Stephen Doyle. Uh, you're both very welcome. Stephen, is this the good thing?
1: Good news? Well, look, I suppose on the face of it, hosting a major tournament in any sport in this country is definitely good news. But I think what's leaving people, uh, you know, just maybe feeling not the best about this. And I I talk about, you know, football fans in this country, whether it be people who are following the the senior international teams, both men and women's, or its League of Ireland teams, uh, both men and women's teams. What's making them feel a little bit empty is that we're throwing a lot of money at this tournament Um, The costings, I believe Catherine Martin said it was going to be around €93 million um, and claiming that there will be an overall economic benefit to the state of €189 million. So probably doubling your money. um, That can't, I suppose, be really kind of verified until we actually host those games and see what comes in. But they're the figures that we've been given. I think a lot of people are looking at this and kind of going, well, look. The game here, and whether it be on a senior uh, club level or at grassroots level, really has been suffering from underinvestment for decades mm. now. And look, I accept that that is down to bad management by the governing body, the Football Association of Ireland, which has been changing over the last couple of years. And I'm sure we might come to that in the f- in the next few moments. But the big issue here, I think, is that we're throwing a lot of money here at a tournament, which Ireland might not actually qualify for. We do not know. It happened before. So... um why do this when you could actually invest in the game here and have better long-term results from that? Uh,
0: Lisa, I mean, is there a way of kind of engineering our co-hosting of this in, in a way that it might benefit kind of grassroots in Ireland? Or are they completely separate conversations, kind of the grassroots game and the hosting of a big tournament like this?
2: Hi, Garen. Well, firstly, I think it's it's a great opportunity to streamline um, the funding and the, the opportunities that hosting a major tournament brings into what's needed for the grassroots level and the League of Ireland level in this country. There's no denying that both ha- have been neglected really hugely in terms of facilities um, and, and not just for men, but also for females as well. So I think there are huge opportunities because what, uh, what hosting a tournament does is it showcases the game, in a new light. Um, It introduces people to the game that maybe weren't particularly interested or keen on it before. Um, And I've seen this in my own experience in, in my current role with FIFA, Part of my role is to travel to um, all of the World Cups, men's and women's, under-17s, under-20s and senior um, all over the world. So in the last two years, I've been at seven World Cups. um, And it's been really interesting for me to see the actual impact that hosting these competitions can make on the ground. Who in in Ireland,
0: though, hasn't been exposed to football?
2: It's not about not being, like you look at, say, Australia, it's, it's about the people who have money that these tournaments can influence, I think. If you look at, as an example, Australia, New Zealand this summer, as a result of the success of that competition, uh, the federal government in Australia announced the Play Our Way programme and introduced a funding programme of 200 million Australian dollars in investment into the women's game. In England, after the women's team won the Euros, £600 million government investment was announced into developing equal athletic opportunities for girls in sports. And we see this across the globe. So I think there's a huge opportunity for collaboration between the FAI, between the League of Ireland, grassroots football and governments to use this to use the hosting of this tournament as an opportunity to generate more funding to generate more investment and sponsorship into helping clubs develop um, the facilities on the ground, yeah, for I'm, across grassroots and League of Ireland. Well, that that would be a, a,
0: a if that were to pan out that way, Stephen. I mean, that would be a benefit. Yourself and other kind of League of Ireland fans will will be well across the kind of shortcomings of the stadia around the country. But not everybody really is that bothered by the 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 state of Daly Mount or Turner's no, Cross or the Brandywell or any, anywhere else. And may, maybe this. Amongst those other people, yeah, might kind of create a bit of a pressure on government.
1: Well, look, the thing is, um, while people who support League of Ireland clubs, um, both in the uh, the women's divisions and the men's divisions, will, um, you know, make claims for this kind of investment. And as you're saying, other people who aren't into the, into the sport or into those clubs will be arguing against it, it will have knock on effects. So, look, if you Basically, the only fit-for-purpose League of Ireland ground in this country is Shamrock Rovers' Tallis Stadium. There's a couple of other decent, half-decent grounds, but the rest of them are in bits, really. Now, if you invest in the facilities in to, to improve those stadiums, if you put the money to improve those stadiums, you're going to have better facilities, you're going to have increased capacities, capacities which have been growing and growing over the last two years. That will enhance the local communities. You'll also boost the local economies. You'll have more money being spent in restaurants, in pubs and shops. Look at Leinster and Munster, where they have regular rugby matches every weekend. And in the uh, in their league matches, all the local business businesses benefit. You also have what they call a third place, which will help with issues such as say d- depression, anxiety, isolation, places for people to go that isn't their workplace and that isn't their home. If you're then also investing in the club facilities and the academies. Listen, I don't need to tell you this. Brexit changed the game when it came to developing young players. Irish players now have to stay in this country until they're 18 years of age. But We don't have the money, the coaches or the academies to improve players here. Now, if you want to see another Irish women's team going to a World Cup like they did this summer, if you want to see the Irish men's team start to qualify for tournaments again, we need the players there has been a dearth of international players over the last decade because there was no money mm. invested in youth players yeah. over the last number of years. So I think that that money will be better spent rather than hosting a tournament here. It's like a sugar rush, you know, getting an instant kind of satisfaction. But long term, it's not going to really do Le- cut the mustard.
0: Le- Lisa, what do the government have to do, or, or policymakers have to do now, to ensure that we don't fall into that trap of the sugar rush? Because there's no shortage of examples uh, uh, all around the world of cities or countries that hosted big tournaments and in advance talked in the way we're talking about it, about the, you know, the possible benefits down the line and it kind of comes to naught.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the, that's the key crux of it. And I think, you know, just to, I, I mean, I've coached, as Stephen will know, I've coached um, in the League of Ireland and Women's National League for 10 years Um and often I coached in most, mostly in the men's game and often when I would go to League of Ireland grounds, there wasn't a, a toilet for me as a female coach um, to use. So I, I know exactly about the, the conditions of the facilities and, and the work that needs to be done there. But I think, you know, and also referring to a point that Stephen made is in the last couple of years, we've seen huge increases in the attendance in League of Ireland games. So the League of Ireland and the grassroots game here is starting to matter more to more people and people are going to games it's, it's very difficult you ask any Bowles fan about how difficult it is to and how unhappy they are about not being able to get a ticket to the semi-final in Galway on Saturday um, so the interest in the domestic game here is growing and has grown exponentially in the last two years. So that helps people to put pressure on their local politicians when they're coming around looking for votes and talking about the investments in your locality, in your area that needs yeah. to be developed. Because it's not just about the, the top level facilities in the country, it's about the ones um, all over, you know, the, in the clubs. Do the girls have toilets? Do the, you know, what are the, do they, the teams even have proper dressing at grassroots level, there's so yeah. much that needs to be well, done. I, as are saying there,
1: Kieran, you you're not investing in football, you're investing in the future of your children. That's what you're investing in.
0: Yeah, well, listen, I ran past Buckley Park, the former home at Kilkenny City, during the summer and there's a lad cutting silage on it, which oh, was yeah. a, which was a sad sight. Uh, Stephen, listen, thanks a million for coming to the studio. Stephen Doyle of Off The Ball. And Lisa, thank you very much as well. Lisa Fallon, who is working with FIFA in their high performance uh, department.